0: Welcome to Frivolous Gravitas, and this week we will be talking about literacy. Not dealing with the fact that you know not everyone can read, because in our society most people can read. In fact, the average for the developed countries we looked up right before this was ninety-nine point two percent literacy, and this does take into account people that you know uh, are too far away from a library. This takes into account any you know probably any mental disorders or uh, dyslexia or anything like that. And there's still a huge wide margin um, of people in our society that can, are able to read. So we're not going to be really looking at, you know, ways that we can get more people to read because it's almost, you know, it's so ubiquitous in our society that to for someone to not be able to read, there must be something um, that's, you know, Keeping them from it because you can't really get through society today without you know without being able to read. You need to be able to read the descriptions on your icons on your computer. You need to be able to read the signs. There's you know a book every time you drive down the road just waiting on the side telling you you know eat here, uh, come here, uh, buy this thing. It's all our advertisements, all our signage, all our everything has uh, script on it that you have to read. You. Almost can't get by without reading in these days. Um, now, that's not to say that everyone can read well. Now, the older generations, um, especially on my wife's side, uh, probably didn't have as much um, education as we do. So they can read, but they never really were expected to read on the level that everyone is expected to read nowadays. And so a lot of times, you get a lot of people with, you know, grade three, four education, and then they went to work in the field, or they went to work for CN or something, and then, you know, fixed trains or cars for a living. And they weren't really; it wasn't a necessity to read. There was, there wasn't, um, uh, there wasn't a, you know, torrent of uh, words coming at them constantly every day. Read this. Read that. Do this. Do that. And so, without trying, we have to read in our day and age but there's a big but. And the but is, is that we have this power and reading is one of our greatest superpowers that we have developed. And if 99% of us in our country, in Canada, here in the United States, um, Famously, Japan has like super high literacy rate. Maybe it still doesn't. When I was a kid, it was known for that. Um, 99.9% or something. Um, Credit to their education system, I guess. But there's a difference between being able to read and actually reading. And for this, um, Chris is going to lead us through why the nature of this distinction and how this causes... um, maybe issues in our society. Uh, Chris, no, thank you, Jordan.
1: No problem. Uh, to start us off, I guess, um, I want to talk about just like human rights and basic equality and why it's important because it kind of affects everybody's life, like lifetime life, not just, you know, in the moment or um, whether people's ability to spot a good deal on the side of the road or what have you. If we truly believe in equality of opportunity because no person is born better than another person, uh, we can clearly see the difference in quality of life between people who read even the smallest little bit and people who don't. Um, Then we should be able to reasonably assume literacy plays at least some role in professional success so just because money makes things easier to quantify as a you know in results in terms of successes and things like that uh, i'm going to sort of hinge heavily on the income side of things, not because that's the most important facet to um, proper literacy, but because it's easiest to measure and compare and contrast between peoples. So uh, income distribution itself is a well-known modern crisis. It's been widely cited and studied, especially recently with the since the Occupy Wall Street movement. And over the course of a person's life, this amounts to a staggering level of income disparity, which wouldn't be a problem if we we're just talking about fancy cars, uh, big houses, tropical vacations, or you know things that nobody's really entitled to. The problem is education and for people's kids, um, that costs money and access to medication or the people require to live on or medical services that help them grow effectively so they can learn and be productive and professional workers later on in life. Um, That also means tax revenues and tax base. Same with like stable food and housing, like all of these bare necessities are moving, they're being removed from people's reach, at least partially due to a uh, reduced personal development offered by reading because lower income levels are far more um, correlative to uh, a lack of knowledge or a lack of um, just reading in general so whether that's financial literacy or it's like patronage of the arts or it's uh, understanding of law uh, and their own civic duties as civilians all those types of things require some kind of broader scope than one's self. Like they have to understand and be able to manipulate information and data that's received in their day-to-day lives as they go about. And that comes down to comprehension. And what a routine regular pattern or behavior of literacy helps us with most is comprehension. So it's not about necessarily the thing you're reading when you're reading. It's about the practice of reading so that any other time you receive information, you're processing it really effectively. Um, rather than just taking something at face value for the words that are heard and then misinterpreting it or not understanding or grasping the depth of yeah. the communication that's being uh, expressed.
0: Well, when I read something, it's not like you making a good point there because when I read something, it's not... <sighs> You know, um, someone who isn't accustomed or they watch too much TV or something, they'll just expect me to just read it and go, Oh, I understand everything about this. It's like, no, I have to read it and sit there and think for a minute. And then I can come up with something. It's not like in the movies where, you know, you look at something and go, I know what I need to do. It's mm-hmm. like, no, you have to process it. And it's a hard thing. And I, I do a lot of reading for my, li- for a living. And, uh, it's a definitely a skill I had to learn. Now I can, read but i had to learn how to um really get into it to really uh work with the meat of it and find out what i need and don't need and um it became a like it's a skill that you have to hone but the problem i guess is um getting to that comp be able to where you can comprehend it that's a uh, very difficult uh, Uh, there's
1: a lot of side things at play too, like the discipline of sitting down and making yourself read when you're not able to do it well or when you don't enjoy it like i'm not ashamed to say I I struggle with reading a lot and I always have because of uh, ADHD and that sort of forced me to say like, if I am going to put in all this energy and effort into sitting still and making myself read even though I have to read the same sentence over and over again sometimes or repeat paragraphs because I missed something sometimes I'll just skip it and be like well if I lost it, I lost it, whatever and just move on just to, to get through the material but that doesn't mean that because reading is hard that you can't do it and it mm-hmm. doesn't mean because you don't memorize everything that you've read that you that it's not worth doing the actual practice is the the goal it's not the end result of having known everything that you've read it's the practice of reading that makes it easier to know things that you read moving forward in the future
0: yeah so. i think that's another thing that people assume reading is is that they you know you read something you just know it it's like well after a fashion like i've read uh like i've read the count of monte cristo but that doesn't mean i can recite it mm-hmm. um i can tell you what it's about i can go into it but if i read it again I'd know it better, and if I read it again, I know it better. It's the same as when you're listening to a song on the radio or yeah. uh, on the internet or whatever. You you get it, and then you get it again. And anything worth reading is gonna you're gonna have to unpack it uh, with time and multiple readings because there's more to something that's worth reading than just than just the base. You know, well, I need to know what I need to know from this, and so you get. It's not like in a video game where you read something and you've acquired, you know, crafting skills. It's like, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that teaches you how to do it. Now you got to practice the actual thing. So.
1: Yeah, so for me it was because it was hard to read. I forced myself to make sure I only read nonfiction, so that at least I knew for for sure that my efforts and energies were best placed for for my long term benefit. Well, you're practical. Um, it's a,
0: yeah. It, it's I had this. I had the same thing, but I just when I was 26, I was just like, I need more data. Everything nonfiction, fiction, and I I went out and read everything. Um, for yeah, actually probably was, the very same reason.
1: <laughs> when I was a teenager in high school, I started reading textbooks from the the overstock of the bookstores. So you could get like a full 500 page book for yeah. you know, $5 or something super cheap. And then you could learn Java programming, no matter how old you are, Java programming doesn't care whether you're a professional developer, university student, or, you know, a 13 year old with a bus pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can learn anything from a textbook. And even though they're really, really boring and it's dry material, the thing is every single sentence you force yourself to read is useful. And I mean, yeah. not, not literally, but mind the
0: pun. Oh. But I mean, like, I think I, I do want to come back to discipline a bit, but I do like have uh, that mirrors my own example where I like, that really is a very Chris thing to do. <laughs> and, pragmatic to a fault. <laughs> well, it is, but that's, that's what you wanted. And, and even though you know, just wanted, so I went and got it, it's like, well, it must be nice for you. The rest of us have to use Discipline, and for even for me, I have a similar problem. I've got ADHD, and I can't just sit down and read something. When I went on um, uh, medication, I remember just grabbing a book and just reading it and reading a couple of pages. It's like, do people just do this? And so I, I, I like it made me, and I went through my entire university degree without you know any help from these medications. And I was just, how did I? Do that, and I guess it was discipline. Um, even though it felt just like work hard at the time, it felt but, like torture. Yeah, <laughs> but one thing I was doing is I was also going to the bargain bin and you know finding books that were cheap and stuff like that. But I was doing it with history books because this is what I was interested in. And I thought, okay, fiction. I like fiction. I, I found value in that. You're gonna find like people will find value in whatever they're interested in. And that's important. What do you want to read? Well, it doesn't matter. You need, need, everyone's like, I've definitely been asked like, what should I read to become better? It's like, well, what do you want to read? Well, first of all, everything. Um, second of all, um, what interests you? It's just like, well, you need to read this book, you know, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful Individuals, The Rules of Management, blah, blah, blah. It's like, I haven't read either of those. <laughs> and it's just like, you know what? If that's what you want to read, go read it. But like, I just thought like, no, I, I can, I, I want to read what I think will make me successful or what, but also what interests me. But I also have to sit down and actually read it. I can't just buy books and put them up and be like, I have 2,000 books and I built a built bookshelf and now look how smart I am. <laughs> and people will come over and be like, oh man, you bought a lot of books. You must be really smart and I can just act smart. And it's like, no, you have to, you know, read them and it takes work and effort. And, and, discipline. and I
1: think that's really key to point out too. You make a good point there is that it's not about other people. You're reading for your own benefit. It's not yeah. to show people other people how smart you are or what you've read or what you're, it's so that you can apply it in your day to day, even if that's just like using um, a proper terminology or vocabulary or drawing an inference or some type of analogy to help other people understand things. Hmm. Everybody learns differently, so having a wider array of tools at your disposal Uh, to be able to communicate with others most effectively is like the hallmark of a great speaker. It's not just somebody who pontificates and speaks well and is verbose in everything they do. It's not about that. It's about being able to relate and cater your ideas directly to your audience in a way that's either novel or something they haven't quite processed in the same way. It offers unique perspective sometimes. So there's all types of all these external benefits to the way we can represent and express ourselves in our daily lives, whether that's for work or play, or for raising kids, or for comforting somebody who's grieving. Being able to speak in someone else's language is a huge benefit you get from reading anything, whether that's fiction or nonfiction. Just being able to word and phrase things in a way that people can relate to um, more appropriately and that you can, you can switch or change up your approach to a concept based on the reactions and responses you're getting from other people, that's the bigger value. In addition to reading comprehension and other things like that but it does extend further out it's not just about reading so you get better at reading so you can read more so that you get better at reading it's about reading so that you can go about your daily life and actually affect things in the world differently your interpersonal relationships are better Um, you're more help to other people you can teach better you can learn better so it's all those types of benefits that usually aren't articulated very well um, at least they weren't to me when I was growing up because my teachers would always say just reading is important reading is important You see it on commercials during Saturday morning cartoons Everybody needs to read and teach, yeah. uh, Parents are always just read more well, read more, but they don't tell you why <laughs> And I I always thought those well any
0: ad campaign from like the 90s or anything done Like we need to get kids to read. All right. Let's put an ad campaign together It's just like well, that's guaranteed to absolutely do nothing and <laughs> You know, no one's gonna be like, "Oh, I never thought of that." Wow, I think I'll start reading now. It's like
1: <laughs> that does like, what do they expect kids to do? But Just, it is better than nothing because there's gonna be those kids that say reading's stupid, and then all the other kids will be like, "Well, not really." It's common right. sense that it's not stupid. You but know if what you, I mean? So present presented the it in the cringiest manner possible. Like, yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> it's like, not well done, but it's better than nothing. So I right. sort of
0: support the effort. And it is hard to get people to read, but like putting like smash mouth up and telling them they're an all-star for reading and then having them kids dance around with books it's just like you know everyone in grade seven is just like what the heck (laughs) do you even talk to us and so but like the best way to show someone that this stuff is useful is to actually show that it's useful but Kids are hard to get to that, that's just, that's like they're going through a lot because they are, uh, <laughs> they're about to go through a lot, they're figuring everything out as it's coming at them. And we know now that, you know, reading is this big boon and we should have started it earlier, but that's hindsight. So you know, a lot of, you know, what we're, what a lot of what that is, is just like, what can we do now? But what has to be done is that we have to not just show them. Well, what's, what's happening, I guess, is you have this culture of, with a lot of, not with a lot of kids, kids these days, but it's not the kids, it's everybody. You have this culture of, uh, there's a couple places where it goes. You have this idea that ignorance is as good as my ignorance is just as good or better than your knowledge. I have street smarts or whatever stupid thing people say. It's like, no, street smarts is just people smarts that relates to the street. It's just being intelligent in another arena. Like, you, you you're still an idiot you're just an idiot on the street
1: yeah, converting you, grams to ounces is still math <laughs> Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's
1: so I, I i
0: always i always hated when people say that because it sounds like such a cop-out it's like oh i don't need to go to school i've got street smarts it's
1: like neat have fun selling drugs but um to street me, smarts can meet other things, it could be like the way people, like being able to read a person who's trying to deceive you, that to me would be street smarts, right? Yeah, but that's interpersonal skills, you don't just
0: learn those on the street. Like, no, but that's what that's I mean, it's not about shit. the street,
1: but interpersonal skills aren't something you generally get from a book. No. So that's what I think people mean by street smarts is things that you don't necessarily learn by being taught them. You learn it by experience. No, although reading nonfiction definitely affects like um,
0: in my life when I've read a lot of nonfiction, I've applied it in my life. It's like, oh. And, you know, you read one character going about their stuff and you realize that, you know, maybe I was being an absolute idiot just like this character was. And I should chill out and not make a big deal out of everything. And then, you know, all of a sudden I'm applying these lessons in my entire life. And then I try what alterations I want on my, on my billing and I find that they have good results. And I was like, oh, okay, that's what I was doing wrong. But getting back to that idea of culture is that you have this i'm not saying it's like a cultural thing like like as in like your culture does this i'm saying it's when we have groups of people in our society in all in all places uh, at all levels that say oh i don't need to read i'm rich oh i don't need to read that's just what rich people do oh i don't need to read that i'm, I'm not going to school Oh, i'm not i don't need to read i only need to read stuff within my uh, purview. Uh, and, or I need to read stuff in, you know, I'm not going to read outside of my, um, what do you call that? Like domain uh, of expertise. Yeah. Or I'm, or um, the people around them are always, are all like, what are you doing reading? You should be, you know, playing with us or, you know, reading stupid and you have all this stuff that contributes to, oh, I'm just not going to do it or I'll do it later or I'll do it some other time. And so actually, Sitting down and doing it. All this stuff is getting in the way of sitting down and actually reading. And the problem is that that's exactly what you need to do. You just need to set time aside and do it. So a lot of this literacy, a lot of these literacy programs and comprehension programs are geared towards getting people to just pick up a book and read and getting people to read. And a lot of what I do when I'm trying to teach literacy and comprehension is to assuage them from thinking that reading is this chore that you need to do. You need to sit down, you need to dissect the book. It's only something you do at school. And I try to do no. let's read something fun. And when we dissect it, it'll be because we enjoyed the book and not because we um, were forced to read it. So, it's like a lot of times I'll get the the student to try and pick the book, but um, it doesn't always work and it's 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 an uphill battle. But you have a lot of people who will go with the fact that it's like, well, I'm getting by fine enough without reading. I, I don't need it. I, everything's fine right now. I don't need to pick up a book. And this is, at every age, this is an argument from ignorance, because practicality aside, it is the most what reading actually is besides, you know, learning which way to turn on the street, allows you just such a richer life than had you not. Now, I'm a lot of times you, how do I say this? And I think that comes down to what reading is, like I well, said. Part of
1: what I wanted to get into yeah, today was talking school. about the benefits of, of reading and how it does impact people's lives, because I yeah. think a lot of this wasn't explained to me when I was younger, and mm-hmm. that's what put me off for the longest time. I mean, and luckily. Just said, Read books and you'll be cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The <laughs> motivation, like, oh I think, is key. Um And motivating people to read in pragmatic terms at least people like me i think is important and that's what i wanted to sort of talk about today is sort of describe the pragmatic sense and why why we should all pay attention to it even if practically speaking that's not um, necessarily our goal aim or function of reading itself this way of approaching reading might encourage people who otherwise wouldn't read. So I I was really lucky when I was young cuz I got um I I worked at McDonald's or whatever when I was 15 and my parents helped me buy a computer and I saved up money and financed it and paid them back and everything, which is all like a learning um program with literacy too because that's budgeting and it's, you know, learning menus and things like that but with my computer one of the first things I did because I was insomniac was download audiobooks and this is back when you know there weren't um there weren't torrents or uh um, or like, sites that you could go to. You literally had to find another person oh, yeah. who already had the audiobook and pull it from them. Yeah, you like right-click, save file as, and it's on the browser. <laughs> yeah, but you got to like sneak around about it because it was still copywritten and not many people were listening to audiobooks, so there weren't as many of them produced either, and they didn't have no. AI to read out text to. Or in, in like was common in the speech thing or, thing, or yeah, anything. Might have been, so, but... Most of the books that I could get my hands on were actually lecture series, and um, oh, yeah. I want to thank the teaching company for that, even though I haven't uh, give them um, any given money. them as much money as I probably, well, oh, not that I could have, but should have. They, they're worth a lot more than I paid them. <laughs> we'll put it that way. Yeah. So I want to give them a plug in the, the podcast. The teaching company is one of my favorite. The Great Courses Plus has been like a, a life-changing um, commercial uh, product that they sell. Uh, I think yeah. everybody who can afford to should definitely support them. And I if you can't listening- afford to, knowledge should be free anyway, so take what you will from from my comment there. I remember listening to those
0: lectures on my way to classes uh to supplement what I was learning in class and to put it in a different perspective and or just be have my brain be on a different switch.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, there, there are obviously other factors at play going back to the income inequality thing and talking about practically speaking um income inequality in north america but in the western world entirely is a huge problem these days and i believe this isn't like fact or proven but i believe a lot of that has to do with people's literacy and generally speaking i think that's because people who read more are more exposed to their options and opportunities, therefore they can grab their options and opportunities, or they can mitigate harm or damages when uh, adverse events do affect them. So that goes down from like, sorry? Well, go on. That goes down from like parented values um, to disputes with teachers when you're younger and, you know, thinking for yourself and having that critical ability to analyze and interpret situations directly for yourself rather than being told or dictated prescribed um, answers or definitions or or like interpretations of the world rather than having them explicitly told to you what things are are you can better figure out what things are for yourself based on the things that you've read as an exposure to things outside of your body. For instance, politics. Most of us have never been around the world. So to read about other places in the world and other cultures in the world, when you later find out that there are people committing acts of terror, and you think a lot of people, in, including like Sam Harris and you know like educated people in the States, And in canada and and in britain or whatever um they believe that these people have a faith that's premised on violence without any understanding or contemplation of the culture or the reality of a war-torn country or what it's like to grow up in a civil war or like the trauma that spans generations and i mean i can remember because my teachers had parents who were in the world war so they really drilled in the horrors of war when we were kids and growing up because they heard it firsthand from their parents. Right. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the way I hear people talking today, and again, it's just my feeling, but the way I hear people talking about, like, just go there and kill them all. They'll never be better. Just kill all the terrorists. that That's those are human beings. Those are, those are bodies. And just going there to, to occupy territory and kill people is not a good solution. It's not that simple. And we learn this, in the evacuation of afghanistan now after 20 years but for all of those 20 years we've been hearing people say just go there and wipe them out kill them all we're big and strong and we're right and we're fighting for freedom without any consideration or compunction whatsoever um that to me is just mind-boggling and it shouldn't happen we should learn from our past and reading about other cultures and other people and other people's traumas and how it affects them in their day-to-day lives instead of just seeing them as numbers or skin colors, or you know, being so distant and far away that these people could never be better. Like I hear people say that Israel and Palestine, the Middle East has been at war forever. There'll never be peace there. But for hundreds of years, Jews and Arabs used to share the mosques. Like one would go on Saturday, the other would go on Sunday. They both lived together. Like it well, wasn't I, an issue for the longest time. It's only been the last few decades that there's been war there. I think there's a lot of, now,
0: I don't think reading itself can cure this because of, um, uh, the, um, what do you call that? The, uh, the logic error that people self-fulfilling or, um, oh, I can't remember. But the people will end up reading, um, sorry. So, what people when they if they haven't read anything about it and they're just told they they told something and they, they hear something and it sounds good they'll believe it and they'll read a lot of people will end up only reading to confirm that uh and like confirmation bias is what i'm trying to get at so um but when you read you can get a better sense of it and the more you read the more nuanced a sense of it you can get now Getting back to people, though, because this is this is all pretty obvious. Um, now, you talked about income disparity. Yeah, we're
1: still going to get to it, though. I haven't actually got into it yet. Okay, sorry.
0: <laughs> then I'll let you get into that. Okay, but, so, so judging on that, but like a lot of people with current events and politics are reading uh, or hearing stuff from just one silo, and then they're just sitting there in their little confirmation bias, reading only one thing over and over and over again. Um, and this is a fault of comprehension. This is also a laziness uh, issue. Uh, Yes, I am calling people lazy that sit in their silo. Um, But, uh, and then that leads to, you know, more just apathy and letting
1: But sort of what i was getting at though is it feeds a positive feedback loop so when a teacher has direct direct knowledge and exposure to the horrors of war they will teach it to students and kids like us who don't even listen or pay attention in class will just invariably by exposure to it grow up to understand the the complicated convolutions of warring countries and warring peoples so it's just in that same sense that um knowledge begets understanding which begets compassion and resolution also having income by uh, knowledge resources that wealth also expands exponentially based on how well you know the system as opposed to how productive you are in the system that's just the way the world is right now in the western nations you could be the most skilled craftsman ever but even if people are paying 10 times the value of a normal carpenter's work for your sp- your mastery and your craft, it's gonna be your lawyer who's, who set up your articles of incorporation and files your taxes through your accountants. It's gonna be those people with knowledge services that are making the most, reaping the most benefit for the least amount of work on their backs because that's how our system is set up. We have a service economy. Mm-hmm. So. Having skills is definitely important, but what's more important, rather than trading hour for dollar for your livelihood, even though you're a master craftsman, rather than trading hour for dollar for your product or service, you can be trading wealth that begets wealth, that begets wealth, because with the knowledge and understanding of the system, you can set up umbrella corporations and save more money and leverage and reinvest your money. And then you're making money off the money you've already made, as opposed to money off the labor and productivity from your craft and skill
0: well, and this relies on an ignorance of the population uh well, those people just get rich doing magic these people get rich doing law magic and these people get rich doing bank magic and like like we said with a lot of other things and this has kind of been one of my motifs this for the podcast is that you know reading uh, like you need to demystify these things and reading is one thing that does that you Mm -hmm. read a banking textbook and or you read an economics textbook and all of a sudden it's just like oh that's how they're doing that that's not that hard but the same thing is like you know Mm -hmm. you read a plumbing textbook and you can fix your kitchen sink now it's not water magic um and this a lot of times leads to um Outrage, which is frankly quite useless, but it can also more productively lead to, you know, people actually being like, okay, there's a problem here. We need to deal with it, which is a lot more useful. And that will actually, you know, end up with change. And the more people that are able to engage in, uh, you know, demystifying the world for themselves, I guess, is the more ability that we'll have to not have, you know, not let not be taken advantage of by people who are just kind of like well for me a good example of this i think would be um when i was moving out of my place in winnipeg and moving to edmonton my uh landlord was just he he just claimed authority over um rental magic (laughs) and uh and uh, real estate magic and he was just strong-arming people into doing what he wanted and so he's like, Oh, you don't know what's going on. You could be liable for all this stuff, blah, 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 blah. You know, blah, you don't, you owe me this. And you tried to get me to pay for all the repairs that he wanted to do to the apartment I was leaving. And I was just like, No, I paid a damage deposit. Like I checked the law. <laughs> and I saw that this guy was just trying to, you know, scam a few bucks from me. He's like, Oh, you, and he was trying to get labor plus materials to renovate the apartment, uh, plus, um, Triple time because it was Labor Day at the time because he had new tenants coming in, uh, even though I had found another tenant. So, you know, this guy was a shady guy. And so by understanding, having read what I was legally entitled to do and say as a renter, well, I was able to just sit there and say no.
1: Yeah. And those laws are specifically established to protect you from precisely that behavior and activity Mm -hmm. because it's so prevalent because so many businesses and people have attempted to do that to profit off of other people um, who are less aware of their rights and laws. Like that's the reason we needed to make it a regulation. Is because people were violating other people's rights they were being abused Mm -hmm. so i think you had a key note there with the vulnerability because that's pretty much the biggest impediment to somebody's income is their vulnerability to exploitation that's like literally the same thing one person's profiting off the labor and sweat of somebody else yeah based on their vulnerability and their access to knowledge of their exposure to it so knowing the system is more rewarding than knowing something useful or productive these days in terms of income and wealth not in all cases because obviously there's a greater fulfillment and enrichment of life producing something tangible Mm -hmm. than moving numbers on a screen isn't tangible or rewarding whatsoever i mean it's financially rewarding but it's not materially rewarding in somebody's life and one of the other things
0: that like and it's just kind of weird and tangential is that having read all i had read uh even in nonfiction, i had realized that not and just letting it happen and letting him just kind of walk all over me and not taking the beating. Uh, like he was yelling at me and swearing at me, you know, like, Are you breaking my balls, and I just went, "Yeah, I am." <laughs> and I found that if I confront him and get into the fight, I'll be better off because you know, everyone's all these books had been telling me it's just like if you lay down, you're gonna be walked on, mm. and you know, because one of the things that reading does well is it shows you the experience of other people. And a lot of times, even with fiction now, I'm not a big fan of biographies. They don't really, for some reason, they just don't resonate. But when you put the truths that you learn into a book, into a work of literature and this becomes this in fiction, a lot of times you can transfer what one person understands to another. And this seems so fricking obvious, but what you're doing is you're living and learning the lessons of another person that you couldn't possibly, you know, couldn't possibly exist. Like we're all learning lessons from, you know, Frodo the Hobbit, even though eh, it didn't happen. It never existed. Uh, We're all learning the lessons of, uh, you know, again, here we go with a heroes thing. Like, that we did uh, last week um, is that we're learning these lessons that people who couldn't even have existed have learned. We're transferring these ideas from person to person, even if they're dead. And this is one of the reasons I'm also an archivist is because I believe that these lessons need to be saved. And if they're nonfiction, you know, the lessons from the people in the past need to be put forward so people can sit down and read them and learn those lessons without having to actually Learn themselves and this like you said with a war like the longer we have people telling us about world war ii the longer we have before the next time we screw up and get stupid and do it again and that's important but it Mm -hmm. comes down to simple things like you know not letting you know you Okay, you. The bus driver doesn't like the look of you, and says you're not allowed to come on the bus. And you say, "Tough," <laughs> and it's just not letting yourself be walked on, knowing what you're capable of. And I think the tragedy here, and the problem, and this gets into the disparity. And I'm sorry if I'm tra- mistracking you, is that a lot of people don't believe they deserve this, and a lot of people don't believe they're capable of it. So it's like, oh, I, I don't. I'm not one to read
1: books. I'm gonna, I'm just
0: a street sweeper for the rest of my life.
1: just read you You can be a street sweeper who reads that's the thing it doesn't it doesn't have to be applicable yeah you're still going to benefit from it in so many other ways like ways that you can help your friends when they're in trouble or you can uplift somebody else who you come across on the street and get them to you know shape up their lives and move on and like if you could teach them how to trade stocks you can make anybody A millionaire because stock trading is indifferent to who who it is who's actually placing the trades so like as long long as money dictates education health housing um, nutrition so long as money is the basis for which we get to raise our kids with those opportunities it's important today more than ever to make reading a routine and a behavioral pattern just to maintain a fair representation and to mitigate our own personal vulnerabilities to exploitation by other, whether that's economic or otherwise, that could be like um, uh, spousal abuse, even or yeah. gaslighting a, a spouse or, or you know a common law partner taking advantage of, of the situation you know, and women who can't leave abusive relationships have often have this problem. Well, you get
0: like, you read someone like, I don't know, you read some of the Bronte sisters or Jane, uh, or Jane Austen or something like that. And you're reading about like women in, you know, avoiding bad relationships or in bad relationships. Um, looking at you Heathcliff, although you guys were made for each other. (laughs) Sorry. No idea who that is. Withering Heights. It's a, he's a character. Oh, okay. Um, God, everyone in that book was just terrible. Uh, but um, you learn that you can have these things and you learn that, you know, maybe just because you're, you are you know, the way you are now, you, you deserve it. And you learn like there's examples of action, there's examples of self-worth, there's examples of, you know, I don't have to take this or, oh, wait, this, I remember one book. Uh, here's a better example, rather than just me making up hypotheticals.
1: Well, do you mind but, if I ask you to table it until I finish the income disparity? Yeah, let me let me just get proposition. on that, let me just take, make a note. <laughs> the Sorry. I've been trying to get to like, the, the opening point was sort of just to, to talk yeah. about how to quantify the differences between literacy and illiteracy, and I, I want to get to the income disparity thing so that we can at yeah. least have a basis point from which to, to lop. Jump on that off from. though,
0: I don't think... Like to get you is a, I don't think money is actually a bad thing in this equation. I think that literacy allows better opportunities with regard to money, because
1: that's and it's just the equalizer. Money. That's the important yeah. factor. Is instead yeah. of having resources extracted from you when you're already limited in those resources, yeah, and for those resources to be required to gain more education and more access to more wealth. like It's a feedback loop, and that will perpetually keep people impoverished no matter how hard they work. Well, but literacy back, is a cure for that. This goes back to a
0: couple, our uh, quote from a couple of things ago where, um, to those that have nothing, everything will be taken. And to those that have everything, everything will be given. And if you give yourself something in the form of knowledge from reading, you will have something
1: and then you will be given. And it's that simple <laughs> yeah, So it's not money that's the problem I, 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 no. I don't ever want to make that what I'm saying though is the way the system is now the only way to make it better is to play the system that it is now and then change it and the only way to do that mm-hmm. is to get involved actively through knowledge because we are a knowledge economy the mm-hmm. only way to change the law is to become part of the law or to lobby against it or to write draft proposals that change it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you have to actually engage in the system that we're in in order to change it because that's how it's built and structured.
0: Well, that's if it plan. were structured Same. any
1: differently, it would waffle and change with the wind and the tide and nobody could do anything. You couldn't plan long term if the laws changed every week. They have to be static and structured. So as the way they are now, static and structured, the only way to change it is to know the laws as they are now and follow those protocols and procedures to change the policies that are ineffective. Effective in causing income disparity and inequality, and access to health and and restricting sorry restricting access to health and housing and food and all that kind of stuff.
0: So So, no, um, this is this is exactly right. Um, and it's that's that's well put. So go on. (laughs) I just wanted to say that it was it was good.
1: There are obviously other factors at play concerning inequality. So I'm not trying to say this one blanket statement. It's just like. Like everything from local peers and culture, as you mentioned before, and race and core values and just genetics and principles all kinds of things, but what's important to note, though, is that with knowledge and without skill, a simple person can earn exponentially more in their lifetime than a skilled tradesperson who never learned more than their craft. And like those types of people are more productive and useful and they contribute more to society and we should have a system that promotes them to at least earn as much i'm not saying they have to be more important than a banker or whatever but no. they should at least have the capacity to earn as much as a banker without doing banking now in this system you can't i'm gonna make an on un- am i'm gonna make an unpopular um assertion here
0: okay and i d- is that if you read and you Educate yourself. So you're a you're a bank teller. And you, you're a bank teller because you have the qualifications of a bank teller and you make, I don't know, well, I don't know what minimum is now. You make like 13 bucks an hour. Um, now the thing is is that if you haven't done anything else, other than just do bank telling and you know you just kinda go home, you're worth 13 bucks an hour. Someone who sits there and Goes home and reads and tries to better himself. You know, even just exercises a bit, maybe. I don't know. You, they are making themselves worth more. And just because you think you deserve more doesn't mean you actually um, that you're actually worth that. And this is kind of goes back to that quote that I used before: is that by reading you are actually increasing your value. Um, with regard to whatever. And it goes like it, it, you work at a paint store and you can talk to the boss about this book you've read because the boss also reads. All of a sudden, you are talking to the boss <laughs> <laughs> and you're having a conversation and he knows that you are now a good guy because you have read enough to be able to talk on subjects other than paint. Um, this is... Adding, I used to work at a paint store, and this is the motion that you use for adding tint to paint. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> no one's going to get that. Um, and so, you all of a sudden, now that you can talk to this guy about some obscure topic, uh, I don't know, um, it could be anything, uh, or you show an interest in something beyond, you are seen as someone who's more valuable. And if you show that, you know, I read this thing and now I know how to, I know how to do this or now I know how to program a computer or now I know how to write a paper and they're like, you can write a paper? I can't write a paper. That's that's pretty awesome. You should. uh, And so now you're thinking, this guy can read enough to learn a simple skill on his time off. He can read enough to become an assistant manager. He can read enough to do this. You give yourself more value. And now I know everyone's going to, go off in their little uh, mushrooms. Uh, okay, that was a dumb analogy. <laughs> they're, gonna, they're gonna go off their rockers saying, you're saying some people are worth more than others. Yes, I am. Some so people. Labor is worth more than others. Some people's labor <laughs> and some people's capability is worth more than others. I'm not gonna hire a toddler. <laughs> but if that toddler takes the time and makes themselves better over the course of 20 years, That toddler is going to be, their value in the workforce is going to be worth more. Now, our value changes from situation to situation, but within the workforce or within the uh, realm of um, capability in earning, you can make yourself more. And this is why I said you know, people don't think that they need to deserve it because a lot of people are holding themselves back saying, Oh, I don't, I I can't do that. I'm not that smart. Well, have you tried? Uh, well, you know, uh, I don't deserve it because you know, you know, I'm a bad person. It's like, well, you don't need to be a bad, if you know, you're a bad person, then it's the first step in changing it. So you can make yourself worth more and reading is the, like Chris said, is the equalizer. It's the thing you can do most readily available In order to better yourself and the thing is is that there's mechanisms within society and within technology to allow this i.e the libraries the libraries in canada are actually great yes (laughs) i'm like no one goes to them well a lot of people go to them actually every time i go there's just kids everywhere and i think (laughs) that's great (laughs) um and the internet like Type in. Oh, I can't find the book I want. Go into Google. Type in the book you want, and then type in PDF, and you'll find it. Or go to the Internet Archives.
1: Yeah. So, in keeping <laughs> with the subject, though, with sorry income disparity, though, what I was getting at is there there are ways that people use the term and apply it, and there are ways to actually interpret it properly. Mm-hmm. And this is both a good example and it's um, a good topic for our subject matter today. So like, I'm not suggesting it's effective at all to promote literacy only to Hispanic people in the states because their numbers are the highest rates of illiteracy because that's not equal. That's not a way of equalizing things in terms of income disparity even, promoting literacy just to one group because (laughs) they're the most disparate. The way to equalize is to say, hey, yes, there are less white people who are illiterate than there are hispanic people why is that well maybe white people have you know more banners in their neighborhoods saying that reading is good and there are less in hispanic name like the idea should be to equalize the the exposure to those um common sense approaches well that we deem common sense to make sure that every community is aware of the same things. It's not to say that we should give preferential treatment to certain Black or Hispanic communities or only target men and not women because most more men are illiterate than there are women illiterate. That doesn't equalize anything, just targeting audiences like that. That's what you do for advertising and marketing. When we're talking about a social structure, a cultural problem, What we need to do is make those same accesses available to everybody. So find out what's effective in those other communities and start applying that to, if they're lacking in in a Hispanic or black community, applying what works in another community to that community, not simply going out and dumping money at them and saying, hey, we're fixing the problem. That's not equality. That's the difference between equal opportunity and equality of outcomes. Nobody's saying that everybody should earn the exact same amount of money just because they deserve it and they're entitled to it. You work harder, you should earn more money and Hot. a lot of There's like and baseline though Wait. everyone thinks that
0: communities are all homogeneous like well that neighborhood over there is all black and that neighborhood there is all hispanic and that neighborhood over there is all white but if you look at it closer like area doesn't define uh race within a city like i'm in edmonton and you go one place to another it's it's There's people of every race, every all over the city. You can't just say, well, this community needs it, so we should put a library there. Well, no, you, this area of the city shows poorer literacy rates. I don't care who's in it, but this area of the city needs, you know, needs it, not just the people, certain people in it.
1: Yeah. Like they're lacking a library. If you ask the people why they don't go to the library and they all say, I'm working too much, I don't have time, I'm not interested, whatever, no amount of marketing is going to push them towards doing it. And anytime that you try and focus your efforts on a segment of a market, or in this case, a segment of a demographic, if we're trying to manipulate it, we lend the risk that people misinterpret our efforts as propaganda and it might actually cause the exact opposite effect. You might discourage people from it saying, oh, they're trying to force me to read more because they want me to just swallow everything they have to say. Literacy isn't yeah. about believing the things you read. It's about reading enough that you have things to compare to others. You make your so own, you own decisions as
0: an individual.
1: <laughs> yeah, so you don't just read one textbook, you read two textbooks and then say, hey, that's not quite the same as the other one. And then maybe you check it, maybe you read a third book. like. It's the same with politics, there's no one political ideology that's actually right. If we knew a right political ideology, we'd all just be following it everywhere in the world and there'd be no problem and no war, no poverty, no nothing. Yeah. The fact is, there is no right politic. So reading several books on politics, even if they're about the same subject, is still very useful. And you it's can not find useful out which ones you have are to very wrong. <laughs> yeah. But But it's not useful to memorize and regurgitate like they teach you in school. That's the worst way of literacy. That, to me, is illiterate. If you read something, memorize a sentence, and then answer it on a multiple-choice question, you haven't learned dick all. That's a pet peeve of mine to a huge degree. A lot of my students think, like,
0: whoa, I just need to memorize what you need to tell me. It's like, no, I need you to think. Like, memorization is not what I want here. Memorization, like... In math class, yes, you do need to memorize the equation. You need to know it cold because you need to apply it. So, because like you need to know, like, was it over r squared or was it over r cubed? Well, you're going to get the wrong thing. You need to memorize it. But then you need to understand how it works behind the memorization. There's two things there's understanding and, you know, knowledge. But now, if I was to say something like, well, you're just telling us uh that you know we should read but reading is actually a Western uh cultural construction made only to uh reinforce you know oppression and the only thing reading does is reinforce Western domination. You're propagandizing us with the books themselves. Any book is a propagandizing. We need to get rid of them. And I've heard stuff like this. This is not an exaggeration. I've heard this in class, um, and it can be used as a cop out,
1: but it can be also no, used that's what Nigeria's biggest terrorist group is named after Boko Haram. Oh, yes, Haram. Right. Like, that's the yeah. name of their organization. You're trying to make us read because you want us to believe whatever you have to say. Yeah, like people literally do believe that that's propaganda, so no amount actually... of marketing is going to change people's patterns of behaviors of going to the library if they believe you're only telling them that to propaganda well and this actually shows like the inherent power of it
0: when regimes when entire governments are afraid of books you know like the nazis yeah. burning books so the or the uh you or know, the church or the catholic church did it Cam- for years cambodia uh yeah catholic church is. They they're still doing it. They're trying, but they're they they're giving up slowly. And ironically, they have the biggest library like in the world. <laughs> yeah, and um, you know, you get people like in uh, Pol Pot <laughs> in Pol Pot in Cambodia would uh, you know, they burned all the books, and anyone glasses was too intellectual because these people are afraid of reading. They're afraid of what individuals en masse are capable of when they educate themselves the way they want.
1: And that's that. what Malcolm X really pushed. Like, that's what he was trying to encourage the black movement for self defense. It was about sharpening the mind so you don't get taken advantage of and then you don't need to use force. Yeah. That, is... That's the strength and power of knowledge. It's not the power to exploit others that you should be aiming for or the power to make tons of money just so that you can be powerful yourself and have all the women and nice cars and everything you want. Mm-hmm. You should want that power so that you could teach other impoverished people or single mothers or something how to. Provide better lives for their families not so Bring that everybody's him. a millionaire But so people can eat and have health care and have clothes and get educated because education itself even costs money
0: Or even so, so you can contribute in a way that brings you the meaning Into your life, so you know you, you you educate yourself and all of a sudden you're working and your work itself is benefiting other people without you know you like you become someone who learns how to, you know, you did it, you read a bunch of business books. And instead of just transferring one thing to another, you start your own shipping company and write your own books and you can undercut other people because they hire tax people and you do your own taxes and you all of a sudden have this power and now you're bringing people stuff they need cheaper because you've educated and read, it, read enough to provide this, and all of a sudden, you have meaning.
1: Well, yep. I, I do and my job
0: well, like and you Like you said, you're it's happy. defense
1: from vulnerability, too. Yeah. So it's not just happiness, it's also prevention from harm. Because harm makes you very unhappy. So things like fake news, being manipulated for like months of your life, and then electing an idiot president or whatever based on information that you just believe to be true because you don't read very much to have things to compare to. Or when a COVID crisis hits and you don't know you know, masks are good or not, or who's lying and, you know, about um, Max are good, prevention but not Yes, vaccine. they are. It's like, ah. <laughs> yeah, Stop. but like the reason people are susceptible to believe things that they hear is because they don't have any point of reference to the opposite. They don't have any reference for critical thought of what they read they just assume if something's printed then it must be true but like i said i've published books i barely passed english class like any idiot can publish something these days i got to 51 take in my english
0: thing and then went on to get a history degree with honors <laughs> because <laughs> well i did the work i sit down and read
1: yeah and and that to me is the biggest part is reducing harm even if reading didn't make you happy and you hate it and it, and it's like energy consumption and all that but the reduction of harm and impact on your life by others trying to to exploit your vulnerability is huge it's I astronomical
0: what, i think what we're trying to say is that it makes you anti-fragile
1: yeah uh, it really the, does
0: nassim Taleb's sort of way is because um now we've brought this up before but anti-fragile is a specific term it's not it doesn't mean durable where you can just take punishment it means that you, you don't fall apart you don't fall apart when stuff happens so someone who doesn't exercise is going to be more fragile if you know if I, if I fall from a, from a meter, you know, I'm, I'm going to be fine. Cause you know, I've built myself up and, but if someone who like an old lady and an old lady, she's fragile, I'm anti-fragile, I'm not durable. It's still going to hurt me, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not going to fall apart. And reading helps you be fragile because life's going to hit you, but reading will give you more ideas. It's like, oh man, this is just like that time that Batman did that thing. I can't believe I'm using Batman as an example for action in my life. But guess what?
1: Yeah, reading that comic book became a a point of note in your podcast entry 20 years later. And
0: its you will find inspiration. You'll learn lessons from myriads of places. We just brought up Kenshin in our Heroes episode. And Mm -hmm. we used it to inform our action for like 20 years because we were reading that in high school. And... This is just a comic book. It's just a TV show. And a Graphic novel. It's a graphic. It's <laughs> <plus> <laughs> manga. <laughs> but it's 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 true, that, and that's, that's why really I say read it. anything.
1: Yeah, I, I don't want to even restrict it just to reading. So I'm like, I'm glad you brought that up because like the way I would interpret literacy would be in sort of engagement of the arts or of the senses to that exposure from external stimuli and conceptual realizations. Mm-hmm. So in other words um audiobooks are just as valid and useful as reading the exact same book word for word and yes i'm I... more capable of interpreting and understanding and grasping information auditorially as i am you'll get a lot more out of listening to a book than reading it even though reading is supposedly better on i'm not that, saying you shouldn't read at all but i'm saying if that, it's hard on that note i can attest to this i have
0: read books on audiobook and then read them on, or like read them you know on physically. physically and then read them on audiobook everyone's like oh well, the interpretation of the reader no okay it's the same I can attest to this I've done this multiple times I get the same and if not more by reading an audiobook because I don't skim I don't skip it's just keeps going and I pay attention and it might be different for, different for different people me, too yes yeah. but I can attest that an audiobook is reading period and I, I can tell you, the only say.
1: way I'd ever get through a manual, cons, um, con, what is it? Concerning human critique understanding. Critique of pure reason? Yeah, yeah, critique of pure reason, that's the one. Well, that's human, yeah, but the critique of pure the reason. The only way I could get through that book is through an audiobook. Nobody can sit and read that book. <laughs> like, I don't think it's physically possible for a human being to actually grasp the concepts in that book by reading because your brain just melts. Like It is so specific and logically intricate and like something from 400 pages before will be proven logically in 200 pages, and then drawn upon in like some sort of cursory reference like 100 pages later. Like it's impossible to grasp at the first time, but through an audiobook, because you can do it while you're commuting, you can do it while you're getting ready for work. It takes no time, and so people who don't have time to read really don't appreciate the value of reading one page a day. Even if it's not like a whole book every week, like I used to think that people who read have to just carry books around and read all the time. It it doesn't have to look like you read. People who carry books around want to be seen carrying books around. This is that same thing. Like
0: it pisses me off when I was working at Starbucks or when I go into a coffee shop and people are sitting there on their laptops working. And I'm like, how could you work? Now, granted, I understand what you're saying. It's like anybody who could just sit down and read. There are people that are just like, This is what I like, and it's just like okay. Your your brain's wired. Your brain's wired like that. But at the same time, you working on your screenplay at Starbucks. You're not working on your screenplay. You're not doing. I wrote my book at
1: Starbucks, so I can't. (laughs) (laughs) I wrote an entire book just going to Starbucks once every Sunday. Yeah, three hours, and you just went to three pages a day. I went to uh,
0: the library because it was the quietest place I could find. Whenever people were talking, I'd be like, yo, common room's over there. I don't want to hear about your party last night. You
1: get inspired to describe um, movements and gestures when other people are interacting around you. You can describe their clothes or their appearance, or you can make up a character. It's much easier to describe things when you're out in public. Like, especially on a street corner, I used to write, when I was in BC, I used to write outside because I got nicer weather. I would go go for
0: walks and then take notes uh, when I do stuff like that. Because I would just, I need to, but this is the thing. It's going to be different for everybody. wired differently. So, because you haven't sat down and read, and because these kids, you know, they're never going to read, blah, blah, blah. Well, this is why I say, try audiobooks. Try sitting down and reading. Try a different genre. Try a different author. Just keep trying until you find something that hooks
1: you in and then go with that and even if it's numbers you might want to read financial reports from like markets and watch like business news i Mm -hmm. I love bnn and i love um, bloomberg every single day i listen and watch bloomberg and they got podcasts on law and on um on not just politics and markets but also like the financial reports financial literacy you can learn from the active soap opera and drama that is like just this week um what's her name from theranos that uh Elizabeth Holmes, her trial starting, that's gonna be widely publicized and you're gonna get legal arguments for and against somebody who completely defrauded a whole bunch of investors making false claims and accusations. Hmm. So being able to speculate on her defenses and how viable those defenses might be. There could be like an abusive relationship thing. There could be like some trauma in the past. There could be some, oh, well, I didn't know and play that ignorant card, right? Like there's so many ways that they can approach the defense, but understanding the legal system doesn't mean you necessarily have to sit there and comb through case law and precedent. You can just follow a court drama that's actually happening in the real world and listen to it just on the radio. And you can get as much out of it as if you were reading about it. So it, literacy to me is just about um, receiving external um, expressions from other people and internalizing them conceptually. Yeah. If that makes I'm, sense. So that I can might, be done through music, it could be done through art forms or playing piano and guitar or anything like that. But it's just really obvious in books because that's the most applicable. You can buy a book about a subject and learn about that subject. I think you
0: you do have to sit down though. Like you, it's like a lot of people just say, oh, well, I'm watching this movie and I'm studying. Oh, no, 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 no. You, it has to be an active process and mm. you can't just passively do it and say you read the book well okay what's it about well i don't know it's like because I've, I've had a lot of a lot of my students will come to class and they will have read the book but they'll have looked at the words for three hours and that's yep. abysmally sorry sad because i'm just like you just wasted two hours not reading the book reading the book mm. and so <laughs> you're wasting your own time why not just enjoy the story and you know, come to class with it. Well, no, cause I'm supposed to, you know, get this and that. It's like, no, the higher level stuff comes after you've read it. You don't sit there and be intelligent the whole time. You don't want to, again, the show of, you know, intelligence isn't as important as actually having actively read the thing. Cause you can come up with your own thing and you might come up with the same, uh, in interpretation of it, but you actually have to sit down and actually read it. And this is, my contention, I guess, a lot of people who make the show of it, because if you're, one thing that I see a lot of people doing is that they, the reading is something that becomes the end in itself. And this is, again, you're cheating yourself. You have, oh, look at all these books, or you go to chapters and they have say, you can buy all these, like, you can buy all these books, but they're all color-coded so you can have a colorful room or they'll have like fancy covers or something and yeah it's nice to have a book with a fancy cover honestly i like books with hard covers because i kind of I kind of beat them up when i take them everywhere
1: (laughs) so i I feel nicer in your bag too they don't bulge into your back or whatever yeah and so
0: i uh, like i'll tend to like carry them around and it's like some of my books get quite beat up but that's okay because it's um but you actually have to actively pay attention to it. It's just like you can listen to a symphony or you can like pay attention to the symphony. Mm-hmm. And like, it's like, well, I can't do dishes and, and do it. It's like, you don't need to think about doing dishes unless there's like knives in front of or you. Unless
1: you've never <laughs> done dishes before. But like yeah. if you do dishes case, right, You're learning learn. about
0: doing dishes.
1: Yeah. Uh, you don't need to then read it. Focus about. on that. If you can't do dishes and something else, focus on doing dishes until you can do it. Board. one thing i can't do and this is this is kind of an admission is that i can't
0: do numbers while listening to audiobooks so and it's weird so i can't like punch in my pin code so oh, that's and very
1: common actually
0: yeah so that's one thing, so I'll pause because I have uh I have my earbuds here, and they mm-hmm. hook up to my they hook up to my phone, which I have my audiobook app when I have like fifty audiobooks in here.
1: That's and especially it's, problematic though when when there's the book is quoting numbers and they're referencing comparisons between like percentages or rates of change. Like audiobooks yeah. are terrible because you can't use a graph. Anything with a graph, um, a lot of times audiobooks will come with PDFs though, you know,
0: and a lot of times an yeah. audiobook, um, I've found a lot of uh, I was listening to. One by Jonathan Haidt. Hate it. Haidt. Height. Haidt. Haidt. <laughs> Haidt. He's uh, the U of New York guy who talks about. Um, he's very life. brilliant, actually. Yeah, he talks like the happiness hypothesis, which is brilliant, and the coddling of the American mind, which was read it. Um, and uh, he's got a lot of graphs in there, but then he'll just say for this audiobook see the pdf on page three and then you'll go in and be like "Ooh!" but if you're walking yeah i'll just make a note
1: now or if you miss it you miss it like it's usually not critical to the entire book you know, know I and mean? like it's still worthwhile to listen even if you don't have the reference material on hand i, I honestly never check the pdfs i just yeah no, i don't either because i can <laughs> i just sit
0: there and i'll like pause it and i'll visualize it and be like okay got it but yeah. i want to take an aside because uh okay. for my own I want to be a bit selfish here. Do you ever make a case for like a lit on nonfiction and history? Because Chris is talking a lot about, uh, sorry, for fiction and history, but mostly nonfiction and history. Chris is talking a lot about very practical stuff. Read the law, read this, this. yes, do read that. Uh, Read manuals, read nonfiction. Now, I will also make a case for now, like I said, you should read everything you should try. But read history because if you want a story and you want it to apply to your life, history is the closest you're going to get. The stories of everyone throughout history, there's stories about everything and every topic that you can imagine. But these stories are ones that are directly applicable to your life. Because these are people that were doing actions and making actions in history that They were dealing with the circumstances that they were dealing with. And you see how people in history dealt with stuff. And a lot of times it's, history is the most tragic, uh, story that we have. Um, no story really has come close to the tragedy that is, um, history. And to see where humanity is screwed up, you can avoid a lot of that. And, you internalize a lot of these lessons that you learn by reading history, and I can't even get into some of the authors um good one to start with I guess would be Mary beard uh, a lot popular historian but just and people ask a lot of times where do I start? Where do I start in history? Well, start with a thing that you're interested in then google the <laughs> google essentially that topic and find the books that are uh most authoritative on that subject and this is the best way you can do it is just go on wikipedia go to the further reading reading, and see which ones are quoted the most and or which ones are the most authoritative and start reading them and a lot of times you'll get a sense of you know who's doing what because every subject's giant if you're interested in world war ii well there's there's more books written on world war ii than were written during world war ii <laughs> Uh, okay, I'm making that up. I don't know if that's actually true, but it could actually be true. Uh, if you include journal articles, it's definitely true. Um, Even if see.
1: you just counted self-published authors, that would be true. <laughs> yeah, but like, start with
0: someone like Richard J. Evans' The Third Reich Trilogy it'll be a good intro. Uh or like focus on a battle you're interested in, or focus on a person in history you're interested in. And you learn more and what we f- I find especially is when people who are starting to read they'll come to you with this book that they've just read and they'll just be like, "Oh, you're not going to believe what Winston Churchill did" because it's like this thing is like the first time they've actually taken something and learned by themselves. And they're they're almost so proud of it and they don't even realize it. And then they read more and more. And so when you get proud of it, and don't dissuade someone from talking about something that they're interesting interested in when they start reading. Allow them to vent a bit, because they they it's natural for someone when they learn something to want to share it. This is just, it's the most basic natural instinct. Because it's on their head, they're, they're, the gears are turning and they need to accentuate it to somebody. And me and my wife do this all the time. I'll come to her with like, why did the Assyrians do that? And she'll come to me like, I don't understand how this medication works and we'll go at each other because we're figuring it out. Reading isn't just the absorption. It's also the integration, which is, I guess, the comprehension of that information. So if someone comes to you or your husband comes to you and wants to talk about World War II, let him to some extent, if you can be like, okay, I don't care anymore. Go read another book about something else, please. Um, but. This is doubly so for children. When you have kids and they're reading something that they like, don't snap at them because you only are hearing about Spider-Man or don't snap at them because, you know, they're just so interested in, you know, the Wright brothers or something. Like encourage that because it's going to encourage them to just explore more and this is that culture thing where people are uh you know the neighbor kids right now are um they keep coming over to me and asking me about stuff and i just tell them and they're not used to that because they don't have anything like that at home they don't
1: and so it's, it's especially a tra- i think important with kids like, yes <laughs> and when you see kids every day if you ask them what did you learn today what did you learn today what did you learn today they'll feel really excited and motivated to learn something on their own waiting for you to ask them because when you do it regularly and make a behavior or a pattern out of it yeah they'll be excited to have something to tell a grown or adult that they can teach them you know what i mean let the kids teach you because that's the best way to promote that type of literacy in kids And I'd say also, don't be too happy about it. Don't
0: be like, yeah, I'd be like, oh, that's neat. Because over, kids can definitely see that. And I hated it when I was a kid, when people were just like, oh, that's so awesome. And I'm just like, I'm going to kick you in the shin.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Don't patronize me ass.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I hated it. I wanted actual interplay between like, oh, and then this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened, and and, you know, I, I could tell when they were like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know I'm making dinner here. I don't care. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but I want to say it. I need to say it. And so, uh, but sometimes it's just kind of like, it's nice to have someone just sitting there listening. This doesn't go away when you're an adult at all. Um, and I think you should let yourself do it and you should let others do it because a lot of times we'll read something and keep everything inside. No one I got my little shell that I don't let anything out. No, no. You read and he wants to come out.
1: Because you notice people have replaced the things that they've read and learned with reality TV or TV shows and sitcoms. Yeah. Rather than recounting something they've learned or taught they'll they'll say, Oh, did you see that on TV when so and so did this? Or they'll talk about like a big brother or some kind of reality competition with uh, who's the best dancer or who sings or the most just or...
0: be like high school like you know you go to a party with like your co-workers and a lot of times it'll just be like high school like oh my god i can't believe so and so did this yeah. it's,
1: it's like that's what they're doing though is they're, they've replaced that that literacy learning motivation and spirit and gusto they've replaced that with some, right. something benign and useless like television that's like a, scripted and completely fake
0: yeah like when i went over to my 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 father's place recently in early august he brought out all like the the stuff they did when they're reading about their ancestry and they just brought it out and it's like hey let's talk about this and it's something more to talk about and that's the other thing that reading does it's like it makes you more interesting as a
1: person Mm -hmm. you have stuff to talk about and this like you get like you develop relationship bonds by having things to talk about like with my parents one of the easiest ways for us to relate is one of us will read something from the newspaper and just say it to the other person and then we'll all talk about it yeah rather than talking about useless garbage we can talk about something substantive and get alternate perspectives and interpretations from the same thing Mm -hmm. so like it it broadens your connection with people as well as the world around you that you're talking about you do find out who your friends are too when the the one (laughs) again another thing social media is good for (laughs) yeah oh man i didn't know that guy was racist (laughs) (laughs) yeah Man, I didn't know I was racist. Yeah, <laughs> that's the worst case scenario. Oh shit, I'm a Nazi.
0: <laughs> Apparently, oh, I, well, I, yeah, I've been definitely called a Nazi before mm. for the stupidest stuff. But then you know, I read enough to know that it's like, no, I'm not actually a Nazi. I just, I just have a different opinion, which is allowed, <laughs> not one that is not aligned with the Nazis. Thank you very much. Those guys were definitely evil. <laughs> so, um. Another thing in my argument for fiction is what I was going to bring up earlier is that fiction mirrors your own life, and this happened to me definitely with um, a book called *The Corrections* by um, uh, Franzen. Uh, I forget his first name. Let me type it in. And Jonathan Franzen, in his book *The Corrections*, in his uh, which was written in two thousand one. And the book is about a dysfunctional family, which I definitely, uh, I definitely, definitely identify with. Um, And it's all leading up to Christmas dinner. So it starts earlier in the year. And the climax is Christmas dinner. And you see it coming because everyone's just pitting at each other. Everyone's trying to just like deal with the fact that the father and the mother shouldn't, aren't like the best couple in the world. And they just take it out on all their siblings. And everyone hates each other and they're telling secrets between each other and it's just like this sounds like a family I know and it, you have this these 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 parents who are just the worst people on the planet and the entire family is kind of uh it, it's, it's kind of broken because of it and it was very hard to read this is a hard book to read i find um people like friends and not hard to read as in like it's difficult to read, the the prose was actually extremely well put together and it flowed very easily. But I found it hard to read because it was just too real. And so it told me a lot about my own condition and helped me deal with a lot of the things that I'm going with in my life. Because of the way that he put down these this fiction of this family that didn't exist. And a lot of Franzen's books deal with, you know, terrible families. And the honesty of all the characters really lends itself to how one should deal with their own things. And you can see the thought processes of all the people dealing with the fact that they have this terrible Christmas dinner coming up. But it taught me a lot of how I should deal with my own dysfunctions in my family. And it put me on a, not only well, not just this book, but this book and a lot of others put me on a path to a more mature approach to my, my problems. And so even though it's just a story about a dysfunctional family, uh, I got a lot out of it because now I have this guy who's had these other things that I, uh, experiences and he's transferred them into my head. And so this this guy who's probably never even heard of me or never will even hear of me, unless he actually is one of our viewers, has actually touched my life in such a deep way by the mere fact that he seems to have understood the similar problems that I have, and has thought about it to such extent that he can write a book about it. And then that has actually helped me deal with my my own troubles. I've said that a lot, but
1: and I hear a lot of people get that type of benefit from reading, too. Like, I mm-hmm. never did, and that's why I can't read fiction, because it's just so painful to me. I would, I'm would, i blunt, like, to a fault I'm blunt. And mm-hmm. when I read about a character who just pussyfoots around an issue, it just drives me mental, because I just,
0: just, say it! Oh, I hate that. <laughs> like in, to me, in it drives me like crazy that... to watch another
1: character fumble through something I could have fixed in five minutes. Then, then it gets worse and It's snowballs. just like,
0: well, we're going to keep the plot going forward by them just not talking to each other like breaking
1: bad is like that i can't stand the show because he just like he just doesn't do what i would do and it just frustrates me to (laughs) no end like just say something speak up don't just stand there and mutter and shake your lip and walk away and say like
0: this entire yeah when an entire like episode of something could be solved by the two main
1: characters actually being honest with themselves for half a second (laughs) yeah but i get i get how it resonates with other people it's just not something that personally relates to me so yeah. i can't like i knowing that other people are affected by it doesn't change the way i understand it but knowing that other people are affected differently by literature is in, a, in effect in a sense literacy on my behalf because i'm learning from other people something i couldn't fathom otherwise you know what i mean mm-hmm. and that's why i don't want to restrict it just to books but books are just an obvious interpretation of literacy from which we could talk about. But I really wanna stress that we're talking about all types of literacy as anything that needs comprehension or abstract reasoning or thought or understanding. Well, and that could and be th- through a story, through music, or it could be through like political treatises or something well, like that too.
0: And it doesn't have to be highbrow either, cause like, well, we have pretensions towards highbrow. But um, what we're doing now is an evolution of the communication technologies that started with stories around a campfire and then scrolls and then books and then, you know, with songs in there and, uh, and poems. And then we had like television, which while well, the medium is the message and the message wasn't that, you know, complicated. And now we have books are still one of the most complicated and nuanced forms of Technology that we have in order to convey the maximum amount of meaning. Before, <laughs> now we have audiobooks and we have the technology to democratize this. Now we have podcasts, stuff like this. Like we've been talking mm-hmm. for over an hour, and we're getting to the meat and the gristle of this as much as we can. And but it this takes is, that much time to delve into it. Just right. you Know what I mean? Which is why you know you sit down and read for a long time. And so what we're doing is we're putting a nuanced thing out there so a podcast you know i listen to podcasts well is it's 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 the extension of this so whatever you absorb just make sure it's you know substantive i guess it doesn't have to be substantive it just has to be of quality because you can have a quality video game teach you something you can have a quality television program teach you something heck i've brought up some of my favorite programs and how what they taught me multiple times in this podcast. Mm-hmm. And I think it's how much you know caloric intake does your media have for your brain. And I think
1: it matters. And, and I think what you're getting at is sort of the critical thinking aspect of it. And that's yeah. the key component. That's like the digestion. If you don't think critically, you're not digesting anything that you're absorbing. Like you're not getting nutrition from it, mental nutrition. You need to be critical about what you what media you absorb because without it you're just basically putting on a topical lotion that washes off the next time you shower. Yeah, metaphorically and, speaking.
0: And I think <laughs> the best way to find that is if you finish reading something and does it do you sit there and have to mull it over a bit? Does it actually what did you learn? Like did you, you get, get anything urge out of it? To
1: tell people about it
0: or did you just waste an hour of your life? that's an hour of your life you're not getting back and reading and a you know encountering media isn't something we're storytellers as a species and so you have to spend your time engaging in this storytelling but you have
1: to do it wisely and well, we do here's that. the thing oh sorry hmm. no i was just the only point of data I was going to point out, and I completely forgot to mention it from the onset of our show <laughs> but according to like Gallup and Pew research um, data shows that about twenty seven percent as of uh, two thousand and nineteen twenty seven percent of people haven 't read a book in whole or in part on either print ebook, or audio in the past year, and that to me like there's there 's a um, economies of scale work really well when you go from absolutely nothing and then an incremental start, because you get a massive benefit from a small amount of exercise if you go from no exercise to a bit of exercise. Mm. The same applies to reading. You don't have to read like an hour a week and try and put aside all these other events in your life, because an hour could be like a coffee date with somebody, right? Mm. If you only read 15 minutes, and it takes you 15 minutes to read a whole page, which most people can do in five minutes um if you read one page a day that's a book a year and that's if you stop everything in your life and sit down and spend 15 minutes a day reading one page when you could read three so Mm -hmm. you could read three books a year just 15 minutes a day and it's it's not like people don't have the time it's that they don't have the motivation to stop what they're doing and apply themselves to it but I just want to stress, like, you don't need to spend hours and hours and hours to get a small benefit. You need to spend 15 minutes, a tiny, tiny portion of your day to get a massive benefit from it. Because mm-hmm. we're very myopic humans. We see things near the near term. But when you think about it from your whole life's perspective, after 30 years, you will have read 30 really deep, deeply complex books. If you've spent 15 minutes a page. Well, it's kind of your
0: like book. I keep thinking of Jordan Peterson's idea of like what would you be like if you stopped wasting your time what would you <laughs> be like in five years if you weren't wasting your time and you think about that and it's like go and I remember in school in high, in university what they would tell us high school wasn't school <laughs> um, <laughs> was that you know if you read take an hour a day uh, and read or if you read one journal article uh, was it a month or something or a journal article a week or if you take an hour of day reading in your field in seven years you'll be like one of the foremost experts in that field mm-hmm. in the world and like that is true you he's like by the time seven years have gone it's like i've read everything in fact i've started writing on this um because you will have read everything and it it's
1: That has been my modus operandi for a long time now, and I'm starting to see the benefits. I'm not like saying that I'm genius or anything, but the fact that I have barely passed high school and I'm able to communicate at all is evidence that this works. (laughs) Because I don't spend hours and hours a day reading. I spend maybe an hour a week. Uh, But you know what? I do what I'm able to. But what
0: counts is reading, though. Like we're we're, we're, that, that's we're, we're sort of expanding why it. It's, yeah, it's many things. So I finished three time... books last week, and I'm I'm on cue to finish two this week, and mm. so and that's like, excellent. I I super applaud that. Like, but like I'm not gonna say, well, what have you done? It's like, well, you know, I'm not gonna <laughs> say that. Like I'm not. That's that's me. I'm gonna say like, well, someone else is gonna have done different stuff. But at the same time, as long as you're moving forward, I can respect you. Um, I might not respect what you're reading. Uh, <laughs> I've read all of Das Kapital. It's like, oh, at least you're reading
1: the. Yeah sort of, (laughs) but But the biggest benefits we get are the long-term benefits and the long-term benefits aren't about the actual specific material in question. The long-term benefits are the practice of engagement of critical thought, because that's what extends out into all of your other facets of your life, from teaching and raising kids to helping family members or being a good friend to somebody or being a a spouse that's compassionate and understanding or empathizing with your family when you're having one of those crazy... Mm -hmm. Christmas dinners. Um, And I
0: think the there's a there's a danger perceived in reading. Because a lot of times, and this goes back to trust, I'm like jiving on what you just said there, is that we have all these people and you can get this power out of it. And 26% of people haven't read a book in the last year, even though they can read. And we have this theory that like, Oh, you know, if they start reading, that's, those are the people that would, you know, those are, you know, uh, those farmers, what if, if they start reading, they're only going to read Nazi stuff. And this comes back down to trust. You have to trust that even if people start reading stupid stuff, eventually they're going to, you know, smarten up and read whatever. And if we think that, if you think that, you know, if you're afraid of people reading bad stuff, that's the same totalitarian mindset that you're afraid of. It's mm-hmm. like, well, they're, bad, they're better off not reading if they're not reading that. Well, no, they're going to come to different conclusions, and you have to trust that they are going to come to conclusions, because the alternative is, well, either they stay not reading, or they, uh, or you burn their books.
1: and so for freedom to exist in order for unique Hmm. people to exist in a free society there must necessarily be people who think differently like they have to exist and it's much better to live in a world where you can contest and argue ideas competently between two people reading different things or interpreting the same thing differently it's a way better world to have something to discuss productively and meaningfully even if you have different views on the subject matter that you've read it's way more valuable than that than to have them not read at all and then just make up things to believe and then you've got nothing to discuss you can't argue with somebody who makes up their premise like there's just nothing to argue you you know if they're going to say three plus three equals seven then you can say here's the proof that it doesn't and they say i don't believe your proof well what left is there to talk about, right? Well,
0: and I think that comes from a fact that like a lot of people like you, if you're reading a book, you are engaging in truth seeking and you're automatically acknowledging that there is, truth something is something and if you say three plus three equals seven then you can just it doesn't matter if you read or not nothing matters because nothing is true therefore i don't need to read i can just make it up and go with my feelings and so arguing with that person is ridiculous and redundant in the first place it's futile by definition (laughs) so reading lets you understand what truth there is out there and
1: i think uh, I think unless there's anything else, we should. Um, I did have some more. If you're a game to keep going. Yeah, let's 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 go a little further. Okay, I'll, I'll try and speed things up because we are sort of getting a bit long in the tooth. But um, there's there's three main things I wanted to to approach, like specifically mm-hmm. for this episode. Uh, the first is um, just addressing the problems uh, that we have that I see it uh, that we have with literacy in today. So the problem I feel number one is that. Um, we're more obsessed with identity and politics rather than pragmatic solutions. So the end result or the appearance of an end result is more important to people than actually fixing a problem or actually coming to a resolution that's um, congenial between people look I made a poster I helped yeah exactly I'm raising (laughs) awareness I don't need to do anything else about homeless people (laughs) The homes will just materialize as long as people are aware of them I'm sorry but if you walk around downtown you'll see homeless people nobody's unaware of the problem yeah Absolutely nobody's unaware. What we're unaware of is the severity and depth of the problem. And if you're not contributing to making people aware of the severity and depth of the problem or making people aware of how simple it could be to solve or how cheap or expensive it would be to solve or other ideas and how to solve it, even if it's not cheap or expensive, whatever. The appearances or the results, um, the outcomes that they're focused on is actually part of the problem with us not finding resolution. And literacy is one of those cases. So having data that shows that people are illiterate, but like 0.1 percent, it doesn't show that it's a problem in this country, despite the fact that nobody's reading. Mm-hmm. That to me is a problem. If people are capable of reading, they have access to reading. At one point, we used to recognize as a public, as a culture, as a common sense, we used to recognize that it was a it was a privilege, and a luxury to be able to be allowed to read and to be able to read we used to appreciate the fact that we could do it and we don't anymore culturally um and i say this probably just anecdotally from the people i know and i've seen but like i've worked around the country and i've worked for years gone to school for years like i've met thousands of people in my lifetime and i've met literally less than hundreds who read every day um, so that that's my number one is the, the emphasis on the outcome rather than the actual process or protocol or policy that we follow. The second problem with literacy is education for pay or paywalls and access to science or journal articles or resources to fend off other like poisonous addictions like fake news or uh, scandals, clickbait, that type of thing. When people are exploiting our psychology to prevent us from accessing knowledge or when people are requiring some kind of pay or there's a gatekeeper to accessing the free press I think that's a a travesty like it's a it's an absolute travesty it's the worst thing our country could do for the future population of not just our country but the species to restrict people's access to knowledge it just shouldn't happen I understand making people pay for a medium like a book because it costs money to print a book but like libraries are there specifically for that and there are donation uh, libraries receive tons of book donations uh every year so those are a library is a solution to this type of problem but the fact that it's so prevalent now for even like the new york times or wall street journal or globe and mail to paywall um consistent news and journalism I think is terrible. It's the worst thing you can do to an education society is prevent people from educating themselves. Yeah, the
0: reason I don't read the Globe and Mail isn't because I don't follow the Globe and Mail's politics. It's because I can't read the Globe and Mail. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, it's and, like, well, you won't read the Globe and Mail. It's like, yeah, but I can read uh, three other papers uh, three other Canadian papers, like the National Post isn't behind a paywall. And there's other liberal papers that aren't behind paywalls. Like,
1: I'm not going to pay we should for should want to read disparate opinions too. Like, I want to read stuff yeah. I don't believe in, but I can't because they want to charge for it. And I can't afford to, to get access to all of these different sources. Mm. I might be able to afford one, but that's an echo chamber, right? Like, that's not expanding my my awareness of other points of view. Now, on an aside... The medium of newspaper is dying,
0: because it's not as efficient as other mediums that are popping up right now to convey um,
1: news. Well, and newsprint it, on and the web is the same thing.
0: It is. You don't need and a physical piece
1: of paper to buy. That's also dying. I think a lot of... Uh, well, it's bigger than ever. Well, it's because of lot, these paywalls uh, and stuff, It's they yeah. have less overhead and more income.
0: I think we'll start seeing in the next couple of years, new mediums come up that will more effectively convey news with less bias.
1: Well, look what they were doing with native ads. Like they call it native ads, but what they're actually oh, doing yeah. is getting somebody's money and then putting in an art, something that looks like an article, that's actually an advertisement. China's like, that to bad is, for that. That's heinous. China that keeps doing perversion that. a of knowledge <laughs> or literature. Yeah, it just drives me mad. But that is a huge problem I find is that we're okay with this. We're just, we're letting it go and letting it slide. And we're not offended by it. We should all be like intellectually and personally offended by the way the journals are, are behaving as companies, but especially the science community, because taxpayers are funding a lot of the research that gets paywall. <laughs> you can't accept grant money from donors who get tax rebates and tax relief, and then not let taxpayers see your research results. That's BS, like absolute BS. But anyway, yeah. that's just—it's well, up to the individual. Propensity. And this is
0: why we're advocating for reading, because it is like we can't rely on the government to, you know, tell us what's right and wrong. Because well, you know, they're in power at the moment. And, well, thanks know, to
1: history, we know better. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so it's reading enforces the uh it enforces that doesn't enforce it it helps the truth come out because we all just if we're all reading the same thing and we all kind of say that's dumb and everyone's just like well actually it's not dumb because we need this guy or that guy in charge or we need you know other stupid ideas that we're being told are the answers to our problems and if we're reading we can see the truth for ourselves and speak up in a more effective manner. And then we get rid of these, these, the more people that read and are can comprehend and see meaning in the things that they're reading, the less effective this will be, and the less they'll try to do it. Um, and so they have an interest, there is an interest at the top to keep you from reading. Um, and if someone tells you not to read a book, you better read that one. <laughs> it's like, well,
1: maybe not Mein Kampf. I'm saying... But maybe... it helps you understand the other side of the argument. Yeah. To get the best argument it's from somebody you no, It's such...
0: Yeah, I know. Yeah. Like, I've read the Communist Manifesto i don't agree with it it's so it gets your blood going if you uh labor but
1: marx wrote a lot of really interesting thoughtful prose like he thought deeply about the subject matter even if i don't agree with it it's going to be a deeper understanding of a position i don't agree with than i'll ever get on my own because i disagree with it you know what i mean the only way to get that or to be able to fathom some portion of somebody else's abstract conceptualization of reality is to get it from the horse's mouth, from somebody who's deeply thought about it, right? You can't just discuss Christianity from an agnostic or an atheist perspective, because there's a feeling and a community and a culture behind Christianity, and even that's different between Christians based on their denomination or creed or whatever. So like, you need to get it straight from the horse's mouth in order to actually even get it attempt to grasp how other people feel or react or behave based on the same set of information. Um, I, I think that sort of leads us to the third major problem that I have is the training and how to learn uh, or training people how to learn to read properly to like evaluate concepts. And the, the easiest way to describe that is just people's inability and not just other people. I mean, all human beings physiologically, we have an incapacity to fathom future prospects as quickly and readily and easily as immediate term prospects. So reading one page a day, you might say, oh, I don't need to read today. And then every day it's, I don't need to read today. I don't need to read today. It's just one day. It's just 15 minutes. Who cares? But over time, that adds up. So when you make these these patterns of behaviors or these routines or these rituals of productive, progressive self-development, even if it's reading like self-help books or meditation, whatever you choose to pick up and read, if you do it for 5, 10, 15 minutes a day, it is way, way, way more beneficial to you than doing nothing. This sounds and exactly... People misinterpret that. They think it's only 15 minutes, so whatever, I can skip today. This sounds exact exactly
0: opposite. like... Um working out like yeah. just do five push-ups a day and then you could be like now do 10 push-ups a day now do another kilometer of running now do this and eventually you'll just get used to it and be able to push yourself harder it's, mm-hmm. it's, exact, it's exactly exactly the same exactly the same, same yeah. thing
1: Take and just like out running. and put like exercise and it's it, it's it works the same way and it's just like with running too because if you run for five minutes health-wise you get a way huger gain from doing nothing to five minutes a day than you do from running an hour to an hour and five minutes. Mm -hmm. That extra five minutes, once you're already able to jog for an hour straight, does almost nothing, it's imperceivable. In order to get stronger from weightlifting, if you can lift 200 pounds, you need to really push yourself just for a marginal incremental gain after that. But from a baseline of zero, the smallest little bit you do of anything in your life relative to zero makes the biggest difference you could possibly apply your time and efforts to.
0: Well, and to be harsh, anyone who says that, well, I can't do that, or I have, I'm dyslexic, or I'm, uh, I, I, have, I don't have enough time, I don't have enough, blah, 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 it's like, I don't care. Find a way. I do not care. Everything that you say when you say I can't do it is an excuse. And I'm like, read something, but anything that every time you don't read, it's just an excuse. Oh, I'm blind. There's audiobooks get somebody to help you. Like, don't let anything stand in your way. Be as belligerent as you need to. If someone's holding a gun to your head and says you're not allowed to read, read (laughs) because you're in a country that doesn't, you don't probably don't even wanna live in. So I don't care what your excuse is, do it. And like, I'm sorry if I'm harsh, but it's the same thing with exercise. It's like, oh, I'm tired today. Good. Oh, well, you know, uh, I I don't have, you know, well, I don't have any books because, you know, I'm this. Good. Now you can jog and run to the, you can jog to the library, come home and then read. Now you're doing two
1: things. That's four. So, you know, I'm sorry. No excuses. Speaking as a person who's physically disabled, like I can vouch for this. Sometimes you just physically can't do something, but you can still sit upright and move your arms maybe. Like do something. And if you can't read a whole paragraph, read a sentence. Then come back and read the next. And if you can't read a whole sentence, read two words, do something. I because remember only being sick improve if you do and something. then being like, you know, calling my wife and being like, bring me a book
0: or something. <laughs> or like, I can't do anything because I'm sick. Like I'm suffering from this heart thing right now. And I'm doing, I'm doing light exercise. I'm going for walks. I'm not letting myself just get, you know, inflate because, you know, I can't, uh, I have, I I don't want to call it a disability, but a situation. An affliction. (laughs) An affliction. And so I'm doing what I can because I can. And because I realize that whatever I do, even the smallest thing, is better than had I not done anything. And anything I have is an excuse and it's lame. Like, and again, literacy can be. My grandmother died. Well, that doesn't mean you can't read a book. You don't have to put your life on the hold because you know, your grandma
1: wouldn't want you to not read. (laughs) And if books are impossible, go through an album, like start cover to cover the way the the artist intended you to listen, start to finish everything, because Mm. that's similar to reading in the sense that you get a consistent, well, not in everything you listen to, but if you listen to good music, there will be some type of motif for the album. And listening to it in order front to back, even the songs you don't like, and you listen to the lyrics, And you follow the the progression of the the chords and the drumming patterns and you know all those little schemas that go into the production of a quality album um it's easy to pinpoint them like you can tell the difference between lil wayne and pearl jam you know what i mean or like tupac was really really good at making albums have a theme because the whole album would be sort of tied towards a singular um a point or a goal or a focal point do you know what i mean Mm. like they all sort of taper in together all the songs and the combination and the order and the length of the tracks and all that that's a type of literacy in understanding where the artist is expressing uh something deeper and more meaningful than just superficially picking out a single track or like two songs that you like and listening to them on repeat because there's only so much you can gain from hearing the same song for the eighth time rather than ever listening to the whole album cover to cover you'll get a lot more out of listening to a whole album cover to cover two or three times than repeating for the ninth or tenth that one one or two songs that you like mm-hmm. um
0: unless it's still in like unpacking poetry does this a lot poetry is hard to read yeah if you read something or, you go oh there's something there and you read it again and you read it again and again and again and every time you read it there's something new there and you're just like something here and reading it over and over again will unpack it more like a good music does that a good movie like a really good movie this is not as many of those um thinking something like you know barry linden or something like that no, where you have to watch it twice year at
1: least though there's always yeah. something that comes out every year that's just really good yeah don't, <laughs> don't let yourself together, get cynical
0: good. with stuff that you read but
1: I, yeah on that note i think i'm uh i'm pretty much ready to wrap up if you had any final comments
0: no i said i think i said everything i needed to say reading um, is good do it yeah don't just don't just be literate actually read mm-hmm. <laughs> so so
1: thank you for listening to frivolous gravitas you yeah. are uh if welcome got- to like and subscribe if you're watching on youtube but uh, we've got obviously an rss feed for just the audio only versions you can find us on google podcasts on itunes all kinds of other places you can call us and say hi yeah. uh, if you have gotten to this part of the audio
0: uh <laughs> audiobook uh podcast um for hi, comments <laughs> yeah hey, <Mom. laughs> uh, Tell us which book had the greatest effect on your life and tell us about it cuz I always need new reading recommendations and uh just put that in the comments and maybe I'll have mm. something new to read cuz I'm always looking for new books.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe this time we'll try to uh add some some references in the description too. We'll link to some some books that we like some what do you call it? A book club thing. What does Oprah do? She's got a, a book list. She just me? makes money. <laughs> she just sits there and makes money. Okay, it'll be the frivolous gravitas bestsellers list. The book club. So not not things that sell, but things that get read. Best readers list. Maybe we should just put together a list of books we like. That's what that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be I'll
0: I'll be I'll be conservative. I promise.
1: Let's <laughs> yeah. we'll See if we can max out the description link. Just like plug it and spam it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll like. Uh, we'll, we'll do something.
1: Uh, but,
0: but thanks for listening. Yep.
1: Take and care. we'll see
0: you guys next time.